0: Hi, my name is Robbie and welcome back to the Lenguá podcast, where you learn English through football. If you're an English language learner of B1 level or above and you love football, then you're in the right place to boost your fluency to the next level and learn to speak English like a native. My research as a teacher and experience as a language learner myself is that the content that is most easily available might be good for your language skills, but it's totally boring which stops your ability to progress, which is a huge problem. So, if you are like me, I know you love to read and speak about football, the beautiful game. So, if you love football, and I love talking about it, what are we waiting for? So, before I go on to this week's lesson, I just want to give a little word of warning. The doorbell has just gone, and it was a delivery driver, and the dog has gone absolutely bananas. So, she's a little bit tense. And anxious so if she does bark I apologize in advance I'll just pause and I'll carry on when she stops so this week lesson uh, this week's lesson I'll be talking about cognates and false cognates or false friends as they're more commonly known in English um, I'll give you some examples of some of from some of the languages you might speak already so you can be aware of some of the traps that exist. And then share some stories from the false friends that have existed in the world of football. With notable appearances from Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Raphael van der Vaart. And also how Ramon Dominic managed to fall out with the whole French squad. Madness. So, cognates then. You may have heard of them in grammar books and vocabulary guides. But what are they? Cognates come in two forms. And can either be your very best friend. Or... Your worst enemy. The words that exist in one language that also exist in a similar form in another related language. So to make it a bit clearer, the words that you can use in a conversation with a native speaker that are a complete guess. But because you know them from elsewhere, you can introduce them into your conversation. I've used these to blag my way through many a Spanish conversation Um, I could be speaking perfectly well. Well, not perfectly, let's face it, but fluently. And then suddenly, oh no, what's the word? This was especially helpful when I had to get through conversations about politics during the whole Brexit debacle. But they've also helped me many a time in football conversations as well. It's surprising just how many exist, to be honest. Some examples from Spanish and then in a football context are... Introduction, introduction. So the introduction of the substitute really changed the game. Something you could use in a a, a football conversation. Another one, um, Bataille. Bottle. AC Milan were dominant in the first half. And they lost their bottle in the second half. And Liverpool won the European Cup. From French, lesson. Lesson. I thought it would be a tight game, but Paris Saint-Germain really taught Lille a lesson. Calculatrice, calculator. This game has seen so many goals go in that you'll need the calculator to work out the score. And then in German, Apfel, apple. Um, It's an interesting one for you. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Is a phrase that we use in English to signify the similarities between a parent and the child. um, So that's the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So you could say Kasper Schmeichel and Peter Schmeichel are the only father and son to have won the Premier League title. They're also both top class goalkeepers. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in the the Schmeichel household. Buch, which is Buch in English, or in some places, particularly in Liverpool, where where I'm from, some people will say Buch. um, It's what I would normally say when I'm speaking to my parents or to other people from Liverpool. generally say Buch, Kuch, Huch. Um, There's lots of examples. So it's very similar to German in that respect. But an example of where we could use that is Pep Guardiola revolutionised modern football at Barcelona. But it was Renus Mikkels and Johan Cruyff that wrote the book. The list of cognates like this for these languages are very long. And it's why they can get you out of some very tricky situations. The problem is though, there's another type of cognate, as I mentioned at the start. And these are false cognates or false friends, the horrible, nasty little tricks that the language gods can play on you and can lead you into a false sense of security, especially if you've gotten away with some of the better cognates and your confidence is pretty high in your conversation. So some examples that exist that you should be aware of from French, bra or arm, whereas bra or bra. In English is the support of underwear that ladies wear for their chests. So, as you can see, it's not an arm. Um, So, a little bit different. Could get you into a bit of trouble, that one. Uh, From French again, attendre, which means wait in English. Whereas, to attend in English, which is the the similar word or the false friend. To attend is to turn up to something. So, um, I attended the Liverpool-Manchester United game at the weekend, or I attended um, my English class in college, um, or a waiter might attend to his diners. Um, in Spanish, actual, which means real, present or, or topical. And same in German, actual, um, means up-to-date, topical, as of as of now, as of the time um whereas in english we use actual to mean a, a real thing um like it was actually the best game i've ever seen or um what's a, another example we could use here um yeah this is actually the best cup of coffee i've ever drunk it's uh it's to signify something that is real um as opposed to something that is just of the time so it's a little little bit different not completely different but a little bit different and you would use a different word um in english to use the same words that you would in spanish or in german in this instance so another example from german um is auch which means also when also in German means thus or so. So it's it's not quite the same. Again, different examples. But this is not a lesson in Spanish, French or German. I just want you to see how you would use words in languages that you might speak. And you might have a guess at those words. Hoping it might be a cognate. But actually it's a false cognate or false friend. So do just be aware of those hazards. And also, I'll say at this point... I'm very, very sorry for any terrible pronunciation that you might have just heard. If you're a French speaker, a Spanish speaker or a German speaker, obviously, I'm not native in those languages. So please forgive me. So I won't give you examples um, of how to use those words incorrectly because I work for a long time in the commercial world where I would coach people on how to use English differently to get a different result or a better result. And one of the examples uh, that we would use is a little exercise called, don't think pink elephant. Don't think pink elephant. You're thinking of a pink elephant now, aren't you? So that's the problem. So by telling you what not to do, you have thought of something that you think you would do That is the the corresponding action in your brain. And I actually asked you to not do that, which is the opposite. So I won't give you examples of things that you should not do, only things that you should do and how to use them, both in a football context and in a different real world context as well. So. That's it. So. These examples, for example, they might help to provide a support and context for your understanding of how false friends can exist in English, but you can see it's a little bit of a minefield. So how do you know when to use a a cognate and what to use? Well, the answer is very simple. You don't know and you won't know. Um, I'm sorry I haven't got better news for you. You won't know until you get it wrong, make the mistake, learn to correct your mistake, correct the word, find the right word, and then practise getting it right, if you remember, next time. But if you get it wrong next time, it doesn't matter. There'll be a next time and a next time. Just keep trying, keep trying. So if you think of a a striker, for example, um, in the history of your club, whichever club you support, who scores goals, but also misses loads of chances, So for my club, um, it's Mohamed Salah is probably the best example I could provide here. So he misses chance after chance after chance, but scores an unbelievable amount of goals. Um, I also felt that Andy Cole, who was in the Manchester United treble winning side in 1999, he was a little bit the same. He scored goal after goal and broke record after record. But he missed a million chances. But do you know why they scored so many goals? It's because they weren't scared to miss. To make the mistake. They had no pressure. Mo allies got no pressure. They know that they won't score unless they shoot. So it's about the effort. Have a go. They have to have a go first. Think about why they might have missed. And then try and try again. So because of that, Andy Cole and Mo Salah are two of the greatest goal scorers ever to play in the Premier League. The same is true in language learning, any language that you're learning. If you only ever practice the limited language that you know, making this a permanent feature of your ability to speak or write in that language, then that's all you will ever be good at. Remember, practice does not make perfect practice makes permanent now that is not the phrase that you might have heard in english it's quite a famous phrase so even though you're a learner of english and not a native speaker you might have heard th- 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 another phrase um but practice does not make perfect practice makes permanent so how do you get better in that situation well unless you're brave you won't Make an educated guess. Have a go. So whilst cognates, both good and bad, are more common in language families like the Indo-European language families of the English, French, German, Spanish, for example, there's hundreds and thousands of words that are borrowed from every language, um, especially with more modern words surrounding subjects like technology, for example. So just have a go. Um, Have I said that already? I think so. But I honestly can't say it enough. Please just have a go. Just try. Be like Mo Salah. Be like Andy Cole. Just try. Okay. So, what else does this have to do with football? So, for additional reading practice and listening practice this week, I thought I would talk about some of the false friends that have existed in football where once close teammates have fallen out with one another. And some examples are um, simply too bad for their friendship ever to be repaired, to be honest. Zlatan Ibrahimović and Raphael van der Vaart is the first example. So, during an international match between Zlatan Sweden and Rafael van der Vaart's Netherlands side in 2004 the fractious relationship between the two Ajax teammates went a little bit too far. So, in a turn on the edge of the box, uh, the the Netherlands penalty area, Zlatan lunged forward, um, stood up in the direction of Van der Vaart's ankle and completely damaged his ligaments, which, in effect, could have put an end to Van der Vaart's career. Um, You know, they, they can be really bad challenges, those. Zlatan, of course, claimed it was an accident, but Van der Vaart completely rejected this claim, didn't believe him. So, because Van der Vaart kept saying he didn't believe him, this led Zlatan to tell him that unless he stopped repeating the accusation in future, that he would actually break both of his legs, um, which is true Zlatan style, um, and is both why he's loved and hated so much um, we have a phrase in English where something that can either be loved or hated in equal measure is like marmite. Um, and marmi- marmite is uh, I don't even know what it is. It's like a malt spread that we a black spread that we might put on sandwiches or on toast. Um, but some people love it and some people absolutely hate it. There isn't really anybody in between uh, when you speak to people. So I would say very much like Zatlan is like marmite. You can have a look on YouTube at that tackle yourself, by the way. I'll let you make your own opinion. I know I've got mine. I might be falling on the side of Van der Vaart, to be quite honest. Uh, The second example I wanted to give you, um, and it's one that Argentinians and Italian football fans, um, I'm quite sure, will be aware of. It's quite a famous one. And it's the whole issue between Maxi Lopez and Mauro Icardi. So both of these lads were teammates. And very close friends whilst uh, playing for Sampdoria in Syria. And as rich footballer friends do, they spend a lot of time together. And even on holidays together, enjoying a boat trip in the sun is the famous example. The problem is, and as legend has it, Maro Cardi took a bit of a liking to Lopez's wife on this boat trip. So anyway, not too long afterwards, um, she was not Lopez's wife anymore. And she'd moved in with a cardi. who has since taken great delight, as far as I can see online, in rubbing it in his former friend's face, with plenty of pictures and even tattoos of Maxi Lopez's kids. Um, so you can imagine how he feels about it all. In um, subsequent matches against each other, uh, for Torino, Inter Milan, the different clubs that they played for, Um, The pre-match ritual of handshaking um, got a bit tense. So as they were crossing each other and they would normally shake each other's hands, Maxi Lopez would completely snub um, his former teammate and former friend. And to be fair, who can blame him? However, Icardi and his new family seem to have never been happier. So every cloud, I suppose, every cloud has a silver lining. Now, there's actually a similar example between Chelsea's championship winning uh, and former England teammates, Wayne Bridge and John Terry, where John Terry had an affair with Wayne Bridge's girlfriend. So this didn't quite turn out like Lopez and Icardi, um, but nonetheless, they, they weren't friends for much longer anyway. And similar thing happened with the, um, the customary handshaking before a game. So the last example, then, as I mentioned at the start, is from the World Cup in 2010 and the trouble that happened within the French World Cup squad. So keep in mind with this that the previous generation of French players and French teams have enjoyed tremendous success. They produced some of the best squads and individual players that we've seen on the international stage. Not to mention, of course, Zidane, who I might even dedicate a whole podcast episode to. Um, he was that good and he's not too shabby now as a manager of Real Madrid either let's be honest, recently winning his uh, second league title. But this French squad was also full of quality, but some of their squad members were at the tail end um, of of their greatness. And this had caused a a bit of pressure, I suppose, going into the World Cup in 2010. There's a lot of expectation because of the great players that the French teams have. Um, And in a group game, a group A game actually, in a defeat against Mexico, Nikola Anelka argued with Ramon Dominic, the manager, which resulted in Dominic organising with the French Football Federation to expel him from the squad and send him home. This only served to heighten tensions within the squad because with Anelka being such a a leading, experienced and decorated player within the squad, having challenged Dominic um, and had an argument with him, is Dominic and his staff have completely lost respect of the dressing room, which is the usually the you know, the last the last thing um that happens, the straw that breaks the camel's back, um when it comes to managers and their ability to continue in their job. So a few days later, in a training session, an argument ensued between Patrick Sevret and the fitness coach Robert Duverne which resulted in the two having to be, having to be pulled apart by their teammates, um, who then completely downed tools and walked off the training pitch in protest at Dominic and in support of Patrick Severa. They all went back to the team bus and drew the curtains. They went on strike and refused to play for Dominic or the French Football Federation in the World Cup because they completely disagreed with the decision over to send an El Cajon. Especially because they tried to find a peaceful and amicable resolution to keep him in the squad. But that was completely rejected and ignored by the management and also the federation. Now I can actually remember this match um, that I was watching this day. I I actually can't remember the match but I can remember this incident during the match. Where I was watching the programme when another World Cup game was on that day. And it was a lunchtime game. And the broadcast was interrupted to beam live scenes from the French training camp because it, it, it kicked off so badly. Um, so what a debacle, like. uh, but imagine that. Now, personally, I actually love that aspect of French culture, um, if I'm being honest. If a group or an industry don't agree with what's being proposed by um, the authorities, they just refuse to work until they get what they think is fair. And most often they win these disputes. Um, Absolutely brilliant people in my opinion. Um, It's a very um, admirable quality. So before I conclude the podcast from this week, I just wanted to let you know about a little bit of a change that I've made this time from the first episode based on some feedback that I received. So it's important to me ...to keep the podcast as helpful as possible... ...and for you to get as much valuable uh, value as possible. So I won't be uploading extended versions... ...separate to a short version on the podcast platforms. It will just be the podcast from now on. Um, the transcript will still be available at golengua.com as a PDF. So please do go there to, to download the accompanying transcript... ...which will allow you to read as you're listening. Um, and... Uh, That will dramatically improve your chances of improving in your English. Um, It'll be completely free when you subscribe on on the homepage of the website. Um, I'll still keep these these podcasts a good length for you. Long enough to get maximum value, but short enough for you, you can listen in your lunch breaks. Um, What I will then do to give you even more listening practice is upload an additional bonus episode this week to help you that bit more. I recently posted a blog on golengu.com about how the material that is available online from more established language teaching sites can be very misleading, even for me as a native speaker. So this podcast will be a guided tour, so you can put your headphones on, sit back and put yourself in Barcelona, the city of Barcelona, on a short walk to the, the Camp Nou. What you can then do is use this audio in combination with a worksheet, which I will make available at golengua.com. And this will test all the skills needed to develop your English, reading, writing, listening, and speaking. So to finish off today, and um, taking you back to the cognates and false friends we discussed earlier. The lesson from today is just to take care. Don't just guess but make educated guesses. For me, the best way to build your vocabulary is to read compelling and interesting content, Content, which is what I'm trying to do. Um, I'm trying to give you a goal where anyway. Listen, read and highlight the words you don't know and keep reading. Look those words up and spot them again next time. Eventually, they will stick and it's the same when you're speaking. Make an educated guess. Make the mistake go back to your materials, learn what the word is, try the better word or the better structure or the better uh, grammar point in your next conversation or your next piece of output. It could be written work as well. In my opinion, link.com is the best language practice resource. Um, It's one that I use a lot and I can't recommend to you to use it enough. Um, And you can use that in combination with the materials, the podcast audio and also the transcripts um, at golengua.com. But as with most language resources, there's very little football content on there with the exception of some news articles. So I would suggest you follow the link that I'll provide in the podcast webpage. Make yourself an account and then you can easily import this audio and the transcript from golengua.com. You... Can encounter these words, then that I'm speaking these phrases again and again, and the more you read, eventually you'll get it. So it may sound a bit boring, but that's why it's important um, to to read and listen to material that's interesting. If you like football, then you want to listen to and read about football, and that's what this is about. Um, it's undoubtedly been the key to my improvement in Spanish. And it's working again now. I'm revisiting the French that I learnt at school. So to get more free football content to help you get fluent faster and love the English conversations that you're going to have, go to golengua.com. Subscribe with your email to receive free updates on all of the new material that I'll be providing for you. Feel free to leave your feedback for me or if you have a club, player or stadium that you would like featured. And last but not least... Thank you once again for your time and for your continued support and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye for now.